Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting the funk like that. Funk is like a theme. I'm feeling funky. Good. Yeah. And you know it, people. Guess who's back? Who, me? No. <laughs> but I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're here. And it's your boy, Malcolm Riddle. Welcome to another program of American Riddle. Miriam Tazi is in front of me drinking a Dos Equis. I am... It's necessary after today. It's an amber, too. Yeah. Well, I like Dosekis. I like the amber a lot. It's good. The only one I have, though. (laughs) And I also like the funk. It's good. And I like horns. I've been listening to a lot of horns lately, too. Got to. You got to bring it. It hypes me up. I gotta let that play for a second. And that's how we bring it in. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's how we bring it in with little Edgar Winters white trash. It's from their Roadwork 1972 LP. Yeah. Gotta bring some gotta gotta go deep into the archives for you people. So yeah, welcome to another show. I appreciate you tuning in to another American Riddle. I'm really excited about today's show. Today's show, we have two guests. We got uh, Skip Bedell. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, uh, celebrity star alongside of one Adam Carolla of uh, Catch a Contractor. Yes. Yeah. Spike TV series, uh, hit series actually, renewed for its second season. That starts Starts uh, Sunday, as a matter of fact, Sunday. So uh, we have Skip joining us. I did an interview with him. And then later on in the program, we have Andrew Katz. You know, he's like uh, the hip-hop Miguel Angelo. You know what I mean? They say Michael. I don't say Michael. (laughs) I I knew you were going to catch that. Huh? Miguel. Miguel. I was like, Miguel. Who's he trying to... Oh, Angelo. Yeah. He's like Leonardo da Vinci, not DiCaprio. You know where I'm going with this. You know, he... In other words, Andrew Katz, he's an artist. He was featured on this podcast before... And I gotta let the horns play. God, I want to turn it off, but I'm not. Don't. Uh, he was featured on the podcast before, and uh, he, uh, he, yeah, he makes all sorts of watercolor arts. He's very talented. He brings it. He brings it. God. One of the things that he does. I wish I could do that. One of the things that he that I like that he does. He does all his idols in the hip hop rap community, like uh, Ad Rock, uh, Mike D. Uh, MCA of the Beastie Boys. He just recently did one of uh, Pete Rock and DJ Premier. So we'll tell you about that a little later in the show. Uh, let me turn that down a little bit. Sorry, I had to do it. I had to cut it off. It was a deep cut, but yeah. you guys get the point. Go ahead and go to iTunes and buy it. It only costs you a buck. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, uh, Skip coming on. And as you know, my fascination with technology and connecting with people, just using. Your phone, which you carry around with you, you know, you've heard me talk about it. Use your phone, you know, to do the work for you, you know, whether it's through uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, social media, just or an email. You know, you can you can reach anyone in the world, family, friends, anyone that you want to talk to in a second. You don't have to put a stamp on it. You don't have to do anything, but you do have to make an effort. That's what I was telling my son last podcast. I think it was for his homework. He can just Google stuff. Yep. 
Which reminds me, my son hit me up. Yeah. On uh, not social media, that'd be awkward. But <laughs> he hit me up on uh, uh, what is it? Uh, instant messaging, instant messenger, and saying that he has a project coming up. Oh, he Science gave you a heads up. Gave me a heads up, Aww, so it worked. That's I, good. He's learning. I penetrated. I, I, I broke <laughs> through with the young lad. Well, I mean, he's still he's still a sponge, you know. So you know, you gotta broke through. Yeah. And he told me. I asked him when it was due. It was due a week from now. And he's got to do Good. the elements of life, like the six elements or some something like that. So the six something elements. I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. God, I need to put that in my notes. Speaking of. Well, you have technology. time now. You have time to but, prepare. But uh, no, he's already preparing. He's already oh, got to get the supplies. He's, he, yes, I, I broke through big time. Big time with the boy. But he like communicated that with you. Communicated it, told me what's up, told me where he was, what stage he was in. Mm. So for those of you guys tuning in, might be your first time. I had a uh, little interaction with my son where he sprung his uh, his uh, class project, his communications project on me, you know, a day and a half before it was due. So I was... Yeah, I, did, I had to jump into in, in, in his stuff, to put it nicely, and uh, this time... Jump uh, into stuff? Well, I, I was... pissed? <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say shit, but oh. I was trying to trying to be cool about it. Oh. Uh, he did reach out to me and tell me, you know, he's got something to do. Yeah, so that's good. I did break through to that's the great, man. great, actually. I love it. I love it. And one of the other things that you know I like about social media is being able to connect with various right. people. Uh our first guest up, Skip Bedell, is someone who I connected with. Uh, he stars alongside of Adam Carolla. And Adam, as you know, and some of you guys may or may not know this story on how I met or, or how I started working with Adam. Adam. Yeah. And it's it's a fun story. It's actually, you know, when I, when I allow myself time to reflect on it because I'm so busy in the wine business and, and busy juggling multiple things, I don't really get it get a chance to reflect on too many things, too many of my achievements. You know, I don't like to brag about myself and talk about myself, but uh, why are you laughing? It depends. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> I'm just saying it depends. Jeez. So uh, the that story goes, you know, and if, if I'm going to make it short, but I sent an email. I sent an email yeah. to Mike August, who is, uh, he handles a lot of uh, Adam Carolla's, uh, you know, affairs as far as lining up guests and bookings and stuff like that. And it was, oh, that was like two years ago. I was working it's with a film. Two years. Yeah, I was working with a film festival. And I remember when Adam first launched Mangria and he was talking about it. It was before he was even bottled. And I was like, well, I kept tweeting out to them, I want to make you guys the official selection of the Washington West Film Festival here in D.C. So I kept, I stayed on that subject. And finally, I, I sent an email and they, you know, responded back. Mike August did. And him and I developed a relationship over email. And uh, uh, one thing led to another. Uh, and I, you know, next thing I know, I had a, uh event that I was planning on doing. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, people, just to shorten the story. Mm-hmm. I had an event I was planning for out in Los, Ange- out in Los Angeles, um, a fundraiser. That's and right. usually I pick, I pick different wineries when I do these events, uh, you know, that, I'll, that will donate wine. And I didn't want any hang-ups. I didn't want any mistakes because trying to coordinate an event from the East Coast tough. to the West Coast, especially when you're on a, a shoestring budget, I mean, it's it's very difficult. It's yeah. not like people are funding me and flying me in on a private jet. No, you have to do. You have to coordinate everything. It's pretty. Yeah, a and lot I, of logistics. I remember I was I was I was just 
I was very just my nerves were a wreck. I mean, I was just just mm. couldn't really figure out, you know, who to go with, who I knew would come through. If there was an issue, how would I be able to get, you know, have plan B? How would I get to that, you know, that next step? If something happens right. and I've been in this game a long time, something, something always happens, something always yeah. that's right. Yeah. Miriam something Tazi. always goes wrong. Something always goes wrong. Mm. So I said, you know what? Adam Carolla is out in Los Angeles. My vent is out in Los Angeles. If something happens, worst case scenario, I was thinking worst case, the distributors out doesn't get delivered. Wine is stolen. I get carjacked. Anything. I'm thinking the worst thing that could happen. You know what I mean? I get pulled over. I got a hooker in the car. Anything could happen, people. Whatever it is, I'm thinking. How could I, you know, re up and get more wine? Well, because the local concern. Well, I knew it's that. True, it's important. I though. knew that there were local stores that carried it. So, if worst case scenario, I'd go out and buy the cases needed for the you event. Do what you got to do, and it's right there. I don't have to worry about anything. Uh, but it, that never happened. I, I just emailed Mike August. He said, "Whatever you need." He had the stuff shipped in. Uh, We're on point. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have to lift one one bot Paramount Pictures where I did the event. They. You know, put everything up for me, held it, great. stayed in constant communication. So all that through a phone, you know, or an email. Yep, sending emails, and I got invited to the studio as soon as I as soon as I left. I was so impressed the way they handled things, the way Mike August and uh, Adam's assistant Matt Fondelier, the way they handled things. I I sent a I think I sent an email as I was boarding the plane, telling asking them I'd like to stay uh, in. Um, I'd like to, to, to remain uh, like a contributing uh, uh, factor or mm-hmm. help out with Mangria. I can't get my words right. Uh, so I sent Mike August an email when I landed. By the time I landed and opened my email, he was like, just, just your luck. There's a guy that handles the U.S. Uh, distribution of Mangria in Leesburg in Northern Virginia. Let me get you in contact. Yeah. That's, That's uh, Mark Kleinard. Right, I was saying Clenard for a long time. You, you can let it out; it's okay. Unedited podcast, people. I was uh, again, as I usually do on this podcast, mispronounce things. So, and Marks was one of the names that I've been mispronouncing for a long time. But long and short is, it all connected. It came together, yeah. and I've been back. I've, I've flown back out to L.A. Uh, a couple times since then. Did uh, continue to do events with Paramount Pictures and uh, the Concern Foundation for Cancer Research. All from an email. My relationship has grown with Adam Carolla's team, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a, a big blip on his radar, but uh, you know, I'm doing what I can for for his organization. No, it's been a great collaboration. You know, it works well, and they are doers. I've said this before. Exactly. I like, there, I, that's that's the people you need to align yourself with. It goes back to the theme of this podcast. I a lot en- of the time. yes, Just, I well, he's one of my inspirations. Yeah. I've always said I'm a disciple of, of both Adam Carolla. Uh, his pirate ship and uh, and Joe Rogan's uh, death squad. So um, that being said, uh, Adam has a story about when he uh, first met Jimmy Kimmel. Like he was wanted to get into show business, didn't know how he was going to do it. Had been practicing stand up. You know, I, I don't know the story exact, but the the legend, the way it tells, mm-hmm. says uh, uh, the way Adam tells it is it was as if he was floating out in sea. You know, he was floating out into the ocean and this raft came over, which was Jimmy Kimmel. And he said he held on to that raft for dear life. You know what I mean? And the rest is history, you know, between the two of them. I mean, they're both, 
you know, A-listers. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very successful, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful families and, and so on. So I kind of liken my story on that where I, I was and still am in a crossroads in my life on a professional and personal level and rebuilding. And I, much like Adam, I'm in this, this deep sea and waves are crashing down on me. And along comes Adam Carolla hmm. and Mangria. And I just grab on to it. <laughs> Literally, that's the way I felt. I just grabbed mm-hmm. on to, to it. And I've been holding on for the past two years. You know, the waves are still crashing up against me. You know what I mean? The, 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 the odds are stacked up against me. But I'm not letting go. That's why every time I go out and I sell Mangria, is as if my life depends on it. Literally, I go out there and this is a, you know, I've been in the wine business a long time. You know, this is a wine that isn't a wine. It's a cocktail and it, it's, it, it's different than anything I've ever tried to sell. Yep. But I hold on to it. And like I said, my grip is tight as if my life depends on it. So, you know, shout out to Adam and Carolla. Lucky to have you. Yeah, well, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to them. And, uh, you know, one of those connections I made is our next guest, uh, Skip Bedell. And Skip, actually, him and I hooked up just on social media, just tweeting each other, talking about so working cool. out. Yeah. Just like, hey, and it's like, hey, back. You're like, yeah. really? No, we, yeah, we <laughs> just, we just cool. kind of tweet back, workouts. I'm working out. Yo, I'm lifting this today. He's like, go do it. Do double, do triple. <laughs> do 200 yeah, push ups. Yeah. Do more, you know? That's- He's that type of guy. And I recognized him. As someone I knew, but I didn't know him when I saw him on Catch a Contractor, which is on Spike TV. I didn't know him, but he had an East Coast vibe. He's mm. from New York. The way he talks, his mannerisms, uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of connected with him and made it a point to reach out. Nice. And he stayed in contact. I mean, he's been, he's been really cool about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, weeks have passed, and he kept saying, yo, I'm going you know, to do your show, anything I can do to help you out. You know, just let me know. And his schedule is grueling. I mean, him and Adam now on Spike TV, they are doing going from a half hour show, the show, uh, the the uh, uh, um, TV show premiered, I think, last March. Well, March 2014, half hour show segments. And then now it's one hour. Oh, so they're doing is? full hour episodes That's a lot uh, of work. starting Sunday. Uh, so check your local listings. And uh, yeah, so. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited that, you know, he's, he made time, you know, to call into, you know, our little show and, that is cool. and show some support, so yeah. show some love. So coming up next, right after these words, we have Skip Bedell. My name is Skip Bedell. I'm the co-host of Spike TV's Catch a Contractor. Skip's a contractor. He knows what he's talking about. He also does a little MMA. Just saying. The confrontation is not something that, that I'm scared of because my MMA and the wrestling background definitely gives me a lot more confidence coming into these sting situations. I'm ultimately trying to get them to come back and do the right thing. Don't give me the tough guy, okay? It's not about tough guy, man. It is what it is. If you're not there, we're going to come find you. Wrestling was my thing. I started wrestling like a peewee league and like six years old. I wrestled all year round in grade school, all the way through junior high school, high school, college. And then even in summer, I was going up to wrestling camp rather than regular camp it's one of the other things that makes me feel good when i'm doing it i can't wait for you to get your hands on him good thrashing skip gets very feisty you're the reason why people think that we're all criminals and we're out there trying to do the right thing the contractor gets back on their heels you're not even a contractor you shouldn't even be doing this and he's super passionate about what he's doing and he's usually holding a hammer that would never pass any inspection at all but if you're not familiar with that that's the problem 
He's not looking to get aggressive with anybody or start a fight. You're robbing people. Don't put your I'm hands on me, man. He will defend himself if he has to. Cameras or not, you'll wind up on the floor. And there's times when the contractor is getting in my husband's face. You might just look, look me in the face and call me an idiot. That's a good way to get a punch in the face. But I'll punch you back. But my husband, fortunately, is good enough at handling that as well. It's not done until you get your ass back there and you make it right. That's the only time it's going to be done. The guy who is gonna be throwing the first punch, he's gonna learn that that wasn't a good idea. I'm done. That, man. You've upset my partner, Skip. I hope you're happy. All new episodes of Catch a Contractor premiere October 5th at 10 after Bar Rescue on Spike. Skip. Malcolm. Hey, what's happening? How we doing, man? Good, good. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, it's my pleasure, dude. I know you're, I know you're a busy man. Uh, you know, with your with your schedule and uh, out there on the West Coast. How's it going? It's going great, dude. We are out here and uh, doing our thing. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty crazy schedule that we're trying to keep up with, you know, between uh, chasing all these guys around and uh, managing, uh, you know, everything that goes on with, uh, with making this show. But uh, but we're getting it done, and, you know, we're, we're hammering through the season trying to get it all finished. So yeah, for, for for those of you guys tuning in, this is Skip Bedell. He's uh, calling in from California, and he is uh, the star, one of the stars, of uh, Catch a Contractor, starring alongside of the one Adam Carolla. Uh, we know, yeah. We all know Adam from uh, from podcasting to movie star to filmmaker, t- TV star, and winemaker. Of course, I got to throw that in, being that I represent Mangria out here on the East Coast. Right. So yeah, the uh, so this is the second season now, correct? Yeah, this is uh, the second season of Catch a Contractor on uh, Spike TV, and uh, the first season was just a phenomenal success. The ratings were off the chart. I think probably better than anybody had expected it would be, and we got such a good response from it that uh, we're coming back with uh, season uh, two, and we're doing full one-hour episodes this time around which is uh, really kind of a good thing because uh, we have more time to, to show more of uh, all of what we do. You know, so we're really, really excited about that uh, hour format now. Yeah, because the, the, the first uh, season that I, I watched, uh, you know, the half hour, it left you kind of wanting more out of, out of it. So I think, I think an hour is going to give you know, a lot more action. Yeah, I agree. You know, especially since we were there filming it, I know what we filmed, you know, and it just wasn't time for so much. I mean, we probably only showed about a quarter of all the, you know, the stuff that that, that happens uh, in the process of, of chasing these guys down. It's just a surveillance process. It's a very long process to find them and, you know, and to lure them to these houses that we set up as a sting house. Um, just that whole process just takes a while and, uh, and then, of course, the whole confrontation and then on to the fix of the home and giving back to people their home that they might have been displaced from for, you know, six months or a year. Some of these stories are just crazy. So we didn't really have, with a 30-minute format, a lot of time to show much of the construction and a lot of how we actually do the rebuilds. And I think a lot of the fans were kind of wanting more of that, too, maybe more familiar with some of the other uh, DIY-style uh, remodeling shows which we're not really anything like that. You know, what sets us apart from every other show out there that's fixing people's houses is that we're the only show on television that actually confronts anybody, hunts people down, and, and calls them out on their bad work and forces them to do it right. So we're excited to have a little more time to show some more of the construction, but also more time uh, for more of the confrontation, which I, I think really what the fans like. So, 
Yeah, and that and that, that runs rampant. I mean, if you if you look at you know the community at large, people are just at. It's like going to a mechanic. You know, you're you're just at their mercy, and you don't know what's going to happen or what bill you're going to be stuck stuck with, or if they're even going to do what you envision. So it's got to be nerve wracking for the homeowner, not to mention that what you guys are doing, because I've watched it closely and I, I, in another lifetime, I spent uh, some time in uh, home improvement. I did kitchen cabinets and bathrooms and stuff like that many, many years ago. Uh, But uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I could see when I first started watching it, uh, you you could see it on your face that there were many times you looked pretty pissed off at the contractors. (laughs) Yeah, to say the least, Malcolm. I mean, these guys, uh, you know, it's just unbelievable what they do. I mean, they run out there, and then basically it's the same thing as reaching into someone's pocket and stealing money out yeah. of their pocket or, or, you know, assaulting someone and, and, and robbing them and leaving them, uh, you know, hurt lying on the side of the road because, you know, these people are, you know, they're family people. A lot of them, they have their kids. They're raising a family in this house, and here comes this guy that, you know, gets their trust. He's, you know, a smooth talker, and, tells them that he can uh, make their home beautiful and proceeds to rip everything out. A lot of the cases, you know, we find that the guys seem to come in and do all the demo because that doesn't really require much skill. They get a big chunk of the money paid to them up front, which they're supposedly going to use to secure all the materials and, you know, and get the job started, and then they don't come back, you know. So in most of these cases, the people are, would have been better off just not even doing any of the work at all because at least they would have had a functioning kitchen or a bathroom or whatever it was they set out to have remodeled. So these guys just have no uh, no remorse at all. They don't care about the families or the safety, the, you know, the situation that they leave them in with little kids. And uh, some of the things that we see is just, it's just, you know, mind-blowing. And me, you know, coming from this business, it's really what I do. When I'm not filming the show, I run a home remodeling business, and this is what I do. I mean, I'm, I'm out redoing people's houses on a daily basis. And so I take it pretty personally, um, you know, and, and the people that I'm involved with, um, you know, these, these, there's a lot of good guys out there that take, you know, great pride in what they do. And it means a lot to them to, to do the type of work that we're doing to improve people's houses, but also improve their lives. So to see, you know, some of these cats that come along and just basically steal people and, and leave them in dangerous situations, um, I have, <laughs> I have not too many uh, good feelings for them, you know, and, and I pretty much show that on the show. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 your, your, your emotion definitely yeah. sh- uh, shines through. I mean, I, I, I've seen, you know, I don't watch a lot of, and it's kind of hard to classify this as reality TV, but I guess in a sense it falls in that category. But I've seen a lot of them where they seem like they're acting, but you you could see, of course I know Adam's background uh, in, uh, in building and construction, uh, uh, but I could see, you know, in your profile, uh, that it was genuine, like it was pure. I, again, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know you outside of social media. We've had interactions and, uh, the television yeah. show. What is your, how long have you been in, uh, you know, it, whether construction or home improvements and how did well, you get into I, it? I, t- I take it to heart, man, because, um, I come from a family of many generations of uh, carpenters and craftsmen going all the way back to my great grandfather. And, uh, my grandfather and father were both, carpenters uh, built homes and um you know these these were guys that took you know tremendous pride in what they did and worked with their hands and i was raised up with tools in my hand from very very young age you know so um i was fortunate enough to be you know brought up by people like that who i could watch you know and learn how to do things the right way and these were real true craftsmen by every sense of the word 
Um, so I've been running my own business now uh, for close to 15 years, uh, just doing uh, residential remodeling. And so this is exactly the type of stuff that I deal with every day back at home uh, on the East Coast. And you know, to, so to see people do it this way, it's really just a, it's a, just a direct offense to me and to everybody who's in my industry and takes it seriously and takes pride in what they do. So, you know, I say it all the time on the show. I probably sound like a broken record, but, um, you know, these guys really do give all the good contractors out there a bad name. And I think there's a lot more good ones than there are bad ones. But I think in general, when you hear the word contractor or you speak to someone about, you know, having a contract to do some work, everybody's kind of got like that, oh, you better be careful type of attitude. You know, that's really, I think, the the general public's opinion, um, you know, is, is pretty more negative than it is positive. And I'm trying to make a change with that, you know, because I know for a fact there's many, many more good craftsmen and talented uh, tradesmen and contractors out there than there are bad ones. But these guys are pretty much criminals. You know, it's in, it's in every industry, whether you're, you're selling cars or you're selling, uh, you know, stocks and CDs and securities or uh, you're selling, uh, you know, wine, yeah. whatever it might be, Malcolm. I mean, there's always going to be someone who's going to come along and sell you a bag of goods and take off with your money, and you're going to wind up with less than what's paid for. And at the end of the so, day, at the end of the day, it's, it's nice to know that uh, someone out there cares. Someone out there, you know, actually cares about you know what's going on, what's going on in the community, and they they you know you're able to package it and put it on uh, you know television on Spike TV. How did you get hooked up with Adam, and how did you get hooked up with the television series? Well, Adam and I have, uh, you know, as you know, uh, a very similar um, passion for building. He has a background in carpentry as well. Um, So really when they were trying to put together people that would would work well together for this show, it just seemed like a natural mix. Um, I have some experience uh, in television with some commercial work and hosting and VO spots and all different types of things uh, with that. But really my main line of work is, you know, I'm a licensed remodeling contractor. So... I think when they were looking for someone to uh, to host the show, uh, again, being that we are 100% non-scripted, um, they didn't want any actors. They didn't want anybody who could play the part yeah. of a carpenter or a contractor. They needed someone with actual uh, experience and knowledge, you know, because when I come into these situations, I'm the one who calls these guys out on all the code violations, on all the different things they, you know, uh, broke the law and, uh, you know, what the plan should call for. It's a lot, a lot of technical knowledge. And, uh, you know, only someone with the experience in the trades would know any of that stuff. So, um, and by the way, you know, being 100% non-scripted, that's like, that's the real deal. You know, everything that you see on this show, there's not one word of it that's written down on a script. And when these guys see us come through the door with the cameras, on the confrontation scene at the Stinghouse, it's the first time they've ever laid eyes on us. You know, when they see us, they they are literally like, "Who the hell are you guys?" Yeah, it's, so, it, it looks it it, it it has the look and feel of in- intensity. I mean, you can you can oh, definitely yeah. see. <laughs> it's a volatile situation. I mean, the uh, you know the anxiety and the stress and the adrenaline. I mean, you could <laughs> you could just cut it with a knife in that room. And some of this, you know. Some of these confrontations don't go too well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think you um, you probably see the ones on TV that work out a little bit better, but there are some that have not worked out too well at all. And basically, these guys are getting back into a corner. It's like caging a you know a wild animal. And when we show up with the camera crew and we pop out a picture of the people they screwed over that's been looking for them for over a year, um, you can tell 
the crazy look in their, a lot of their eyes. Like they're just looking for an open window to run out of. You know, I mean, they're trying to get out of that room as quick as they can. Yeah, because and, and it's, uh, it's not chump change either. I mean, it's it's some serious dollars that are involved. Oh yeah, man. Some of these things are into six figures. You know, some of these are major, major remodels. You know, and the problem is, is that again, it's always the families that just they get left in these heartbreaking situations. You know, like we come across families that you know had no kitchen or, or they only had one bathroom in the house and the bathroom was ripped out they had no bathroom to use they had no running water you know for six months you know electrical situations that you know uh just totally dangerous and fire hazards and little kids running around so no regard at all for the safety uh for children or, or the preservation of the family in this home so when you back people into a situation like that and now we corner these guys in a room you know, a lot of times they want to fight their way out. So season two is definitely not going to disappoint, my friend. I can tell you this is a lot of uh, a lot of craziness going on. The stories are even better than they were last year. Um, of course, after season one, people were really familiar with the show, and we've had people writing to us from all over the country. I mean, you know, this is a problem that just runs rampant everywhere. Um, unfortunately, we're pretty much kind of uh, locked into the California area right now again for this season. Perhaps the next we might venture out out of state, but we get uh, just hundreds and hundreds of requests from people to help, and you know we take ten stories uh, for the season. So uh, the ten that we chose are all really, really, you know, heartbreaking, desperate situations that we wound up going in and turning around. So with this season uh, being that it's been extended for that hour, you'll get probably get if you can, I don't know if you can share too much detail, but uh, I guess it would go into, you know, more of the backstory and more, uh, I guess, of the, uh, you know, actually catching the contractor, I guess, behind the scenes, will it show stuff like that? Or what can we, you know, expect out of one hour? Yeah, um, well, the, the scenes basically, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, kind of, you know, meeting the families, walking through the, the, uh, the scene of the crime, so to speak. And uh, and basically getting these guys to a house to uh, to sting them, and then of course the whole process of getting them back there, and uh, trying to get the house fixed for the people, yeah. and eventually giving them back their home. All of those elements kind of remain the same from the first season, and each one of them are extended a little bit longer. Yeah. There's also some additional uh, things that we've added in for season two: a little more of the construction, a little more of the confrontations, uh, definitely more action, definitely more good stuff to see. And of course, you know, Adam Carolla never disappoints. Um, you know, he, he injects his comedy into it. And it's kind of an odd combination when you think about it. I mean, the comedy was such a serious issue, yeah. but it really works. You know, when we put it together for season one, I think that everybody was kind of wondering, well, how, you know, how's it going to work? How's people going to receive it? And we just got such great, overwhelming response for season one. Um, that the chemistry just works, you know, between the construction knowledge that he and I both share and, uh, you know, his amazing ability to inject comedy into any situation. Um, and also, it's just a winning, a winning chemistry. And also your wife, also Allison, I've, I've kind of, uh, you know, looked in her career of just being able to track down and hunt down and to investigate these guys. I mean, you know, that's got to take some skill as well. Yeah, well, I'm really fortunate that my wife, Allison, uh, is, is part of our team, and she is the third member of, uh, you know, what makes this thing happen. The three of us together really are what make all this possible, and she is a fantastic asset to the team because uh, her ability to find these guys is just uh, remarkable. I don't even know how she does it sometimes. 
Um, you know, so coming from a law enforcement background and also being a licensed private investigator, she is pretty much the one who goes out and finds these guys where they're hiding, and she's responsible for setting them up and getting them to the sting house. So it's just, um, you know, it's a great, it's a great asset to have her on the team. It's got to be. And uh, you mentioned briefly, you mentioned a possible uh, uh, third season maybe going outside of California. I was thinking about that also. I know Adam has a, a grueling schedule with his uh, his daily podcast, but uh, yeah. I, I can sense that you, uh, you know, you, you're very passionate about the letters uh, that you've received from all over the country and, and, and that you would, you know, entertain that idea of going out and catching contractors anywhere in the U.S. How do, how do you feel about that? Uh, I would love to do that. You know, that's up to our production team. Yeah. You know, they pretty much call the shots with that and the network. Um, you know, that's something that we're all on pretty rigid schedules. Um, you know, I run my construction business back east. Uh, it's quite a quite a grueling uh, filming schedule to put the, the season together. It takes months and months of very intense uh, dedication to the schedule. We pretty much film every day. Um, and we, I think, you know, a large part of the reason why we do it in Los Angeles, because it is so condensed, um, it is such a diverse area here, but also the fact that, yes, Adam has a very rigid schedule with all of his, uh, you know, various projects going on. He's probably the busiest guy that you'll ever meet in your lifetime. I know he's the busiest person I've ever known. Um, so it's kind of tough, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, set times to when we, we can, uh, you know, finish up each day, because like you said, you know, he has the podcast to do and, He's got so much going on here. So to be able to do it out of state, uh, we're, we're considering that, and we really would like to do it. It's just a question of you know whether or not it's possible for everybody to do it. You know? Yeah, well, I'm excited about Season 2 kicking off, and that kicks off, uh, oh, kicks off right around the corner, right? Next uh, Sunday, I believe. Yes, next Sunday at 10 o'clock on Spike is the second season premiere of Catch a Contractor. So, so, and uh, it's going to be phenomenal. I, I think that they're running marathons. Someone had told me that they're running marathons this weekend of season one. And I imagine that you'll probably see more of that during the yeah. week and also next weekend leading up to the premiere on Sunday night. Uh, and we, uh, we premiere right after the uh, premiere of Bar Rescues next season as well. So uh, we're really excited about that because we love all those guys over there, John Taffer and the whole crew at Bar Rescue. Um, so we're excited to uh, be sharing Sunday night. I think it's just going to be an awesome night. So you, you mentioned your business uh, back east. So you're, that's one hell of a commute back from uh, uh, east coast to the west coast to film. How, is, uh, how have you found Hollywood embracing you, and how have you embraced Hollywood? Um, so far, you know, just great. I mean, I, I love it out here. What's not to love? You know, the weather's fantastic. <laughs> Um, it's just a, a very diverse place, and uh, I really love the West Coast. As far as the commute goes, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of rough going back and forth a lot. Last season, we traveled a lot more than we did this year. Yeah. Um, this year, I, knowing what the schedule was like from last season, I tried to allocate more of my time to be out here. So uh, I arranged my schedule with work and lined up crews back east to continue with work uh, without me for a period of time. So I've been out here for quite a while, for a couple of months now, continuously, where last season we flew back and forth, sometimes two or three times a week. Um, and I think it amounted to over 40 flights in a matter of wow. a couple of months uh, back and forth from New York to L.A. So that was a very, very grueling schedule, um, pretty much 24-7 uh, jet lag because I never had time to even recuperate from the jet lag. I'd be back on the plane again. How do you find time for the workouts? 
I find time whenever I can, Malcolm. And you know I get it in any way I can. If I got to do uh, chair dips or push ups or um, you know pull ups, whatever I got to do. But I'm actually working out at one of the most famous, probably the most famous gym in the world, is the Gold's Gym here in Venice Beach. Oh yeah, and I got to tell you, man, Mecca. what a what a fantastic gym that place is. I mean, that's that's the home of Arnold and yeah. Luke Ferrigno yeah. and some of the bodybuilding greats. So if you're into lifting weights, man, that's that is the well, they call it the mecca of bodybuilding, and oh, yeah. it really is. I mean, the place is just a massive building that's filled with some of the best equipment, and, um, and think, of course, the uh, the celebrity appearances never disappoints either. It's always a pretty much a guarantee when you walk in there, there's going to be uh, a number of celebrities there on the treadmill working out. So yeah, I, I think they filmed Pumping Iron there, the famous uh, documentary uh, about yes. uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, one of his uh, many Mr. O championships. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I've never been. I've been to Venice Beach. I've been out to uh, you know the West Coast many times, but have yet to work out there. So I'm I'm hopeful on my next trip I can uh, make the pilgrimage to Mecca. Yeah, Venice Beach is a, is an amazing place, man. It's just full of culture and art, and it's just a really cool. If you could picture like uh, Greenwich Village or Soho oh, yeah. on the beach, yeah, you know it's kind of kind of like that type of vibe, a uh, very artsy and uh, very bohemian, and uh, it's just a cool, uh, just a cool place. But uh, Gold's Gym is just um, that's the icing on the cake, man. And for me, I'm very close to where we're staying. Uh, Gold's Gym is real close, so I get over there as often as I can. You know, certainly a couple times a week. It's nowhere near as often as I work out of my regular schedule back at home. So it's a little tough to maintain my diet and my uh, training schedule here with uh, filming so much. But, I, you know, I get it in and I try to to uh, make up for uh, whatever I can't do. With, you, know, you know I love those push-ups, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for those of you guys listening, Skip and I trade back uh, tweets about doing push-ups and dips and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, right. it's, some, it's something I try to fit into. I mean, if I'm sometimes I, you know, I'm just running around and it's, it's hard to get in, you know, four days out of the week, but I, if you can do something at home, I can squeeze it out. And I know you've, you've tweeted me a couple of times and that's kind of inspired me to get back and doing stuff. You can, you know, basic stuff you can do at home. No excuses, right? Yeah, there's, there's really no excuse. I mean, everybody's got, you know, 10, 15 minutes somewhere in the day, you know, either you get up 15 minutes early or you, uh, you do it before you, you, know, you finish up your day when you get home. Um, and obviously, for anybody that's serious about it, they're going to put a lot more time in it than that. But even if you could just get in, you know, 100 push-ups and some <laughs> sit-ups and crunches or whatever you can do, some chair dips, yeah. you don't need any fancy equipment. I spend a ton of time on the road. I'm always traveling. We're constantly in hotels. Uh, you know, we spend a good portion of the year living out of suitcases. And, you know, a lot of places that we stay in have gyms, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes I just don't have the time to even get down to the gym in the hotel. So I will literally make my own workout right in the hotel room. And some of the stuff I think you had asked me before, some of my favorite things to do that require no equipment. You know, yeah. I mean, you can definitely get a decent workout and even without uh, any weights or equipment. So, Oh, no, yeah. I I mean, it, you know? Like I said, the other day I did 150. I think I did 200. After you do 200 push-ups, uh, I think your body feel, kind of feels it. <laughs> it gets the point. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Oh, yeah, Back- absolutely, man. You know, and you find that the more you do it, the more you can do. And then you kind of get hooked on it. You try to challenge yourself. Oh, yeah. Set. You know, so we were talking about sets versus reps, and, you know, you want to try to get in more reps in each set. And it's kind of fun if you get into it, you know, um, if you let yourself enjoy it and it doesn't seem like a chore, 
that's always the best thing. Well, having that know? having that size to bounce around on a te- television show also probably helps because some of those contractors, you know, you can see the fear of God in their eyes when they, you know, when they're standing up against you. You're like, you know, the Terminator in front of them. So it's, you know. Uh, you know, they say TV makes you look bigger, and I've run into a lot of celebrities out here in the West Coast, and it's kind of uh, surprising that it's true because a lot of people you meet on TV are like, wow, you're a lot smaller than you thought. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that all is true for me. I mean, I don't know what I look like on TV to everybody yeah. else, but uh, I'm about six one, about 225. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not, uh, I am not a uh, monster size by any sense of the word, but, you know, I, I try to stay in good shape, man, and I try to stay lean. And, you know, being in my 40s, yeah. uh, you know, as you get on in, in the years, uh, I don't let that stuff bother me. You know, I, I still feel like I'm 21. I keep telling myself that. Yeah. So, Same here. I'm, I'm right up, up there with you. It, yeah, I'm right up there with you. But, uh, yeah, and, and far as uh, Hollywood goes, it's funny because uh, uh, I recently saw this movie the other day called The Equalizer starring Denzel Washington. And he stars as a, okay. he stars as a CIA agent that's uh, he's kind of gone off the grid, faked his death, all this stuff. But in the movie, he is using tools. I'm not going to give the movie away, but for those of you listening, but the uh, he he uses a set of tools to kill people with. And I'm wondering if you see this movie, do you nitpick stuff like that? Like you wouldn't use this tool or that tool. He uses a drill in one scene. And I was wondering, is that the right drill or nail gun that he was using? So would, would you, would, <laughs> well, if you see I, this I film, will I you look at it? I haven't seen the movie, but I will be sure to go out and check it out. The, and, um, the first two people you know, I thought of was you and Adam Carolla. I was like, they're going to see this movie. It's custom tailored for them because there's a whole scene i mean it goes on for about 15 plus minutes in what they call a home mart which is basically home depot and uh it's uh it's a contractor's dream scene let me let me just put it that way okay <laughs> so yeah well i look forward to seeing it man anything with denzel is uh, usually a, a good movie man he's, yeah uh, he's always good uh, yeah and, uh, yeah you know there's, there's the right tool for every job so <laughs> you know <laughs> you're not going to tell people what to use on their enemies I take it. Uh, well, I guess it depends on how much pain you want to inflict. But certainly a hammer or a drill or a saw, they all probably will do a good job. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that and um, what do we got coming up? We got uh, we got your premiere coming up on October 5th. And uh, uh, what do you have for uh, people listening that are thinking about remodeling a deck or remodeling a bathroom in their house? How, where can they find you or where can they get advice or what's their best resource? Would you say their best resource before they sign on the line that is dotted? Well, I can tell them that uh, if you are considering uh, looking into having a contract to do work for you, interview uh, multiple contractors. Don't just have your mind set on one. You know, try to uh, get a hold of three to five good names uh, based upon referrals. And referrals is really the key, man. You want to speak to other people that have recently had work done in their home uh, and try to get a contractor that comes with a number of referrals. If a guy's out there doing good work, he's going to have a list of happy customers. So that should be the first thing you're looking for. You're also, once you have, you know, narrowed it down to the couple that you like, then get on your state licensing bureau's website and check out uh, their license, look up his name, ask him for his license number. Uh, again, something else that they're going to be happy to give you because if they're doing the right thing, they're going to say, absolutely, go check out my license, clean as a whistle. You can go right on any state uh, contractor licensing bureau website 
and uh, just do a quick license check to make sure they don't have ongoing violations or their license has been suspended or revoked. Um, that's always a big red flag. You definitely do not want to deal with anybody that's not licensed because you'll have no recourse when, uh, if and when you should have a problem with that down the road. Uh, by dealing with a licensed contractor, you can go back to the state licensing board. They'll send out an inspector. Uh, they'll help you through the whole process if you run into any issues with your contractor. Um, so referrals is a, is a big, big one. And by the way, when it comes to the referrals, make sure that you're looking at referrals, the type of work that you're looking to have done. So say, for instance, you want to have a kitchen remodel done. You don't want to go out and talk to a contractor that specializes in roofs or specializes <laughs> in, you know, blacktop and driveways or that type of thing. You want to speak to a guy that has experience and a long list of happy customers that he did kitchens for. Yeah. And then you want to call those people up and go and see the jobs and that type of thing. And that's really the biggest, you know, it's still not 100% guaranteed, but usually when you're dealing with someone who has a long list of happy customers and not a long list of angry customers, you got a lot better chances that uh, you're going to not have any problems. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's solid advice right there. So, Skip, I appreciate you calling in. I know you're a busy man in, uh, uh, you know, California's calling you right now. So, uh, yeah, Thank thanks a lot. Nothing. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, I know I've been promising you for a long time I was going to come on here and do it. And uh, like I said, the schedule's a little crazy, but I'm glad I had a little time to share with you. And uh, and thanks again for, you know, for always being, uh, you know, a voice for the show. I know you've been a big advocate, and we really appreciate your support. And once again, uh, you know, our show premieres Season 2 of Catch a Contract is next Sunday, October 5th on Spike TV at 10 p.m. All right. Skip Bedell, thank you. Give my best to your lovely wife. I sure will. Thanks a lot, Malcolm. Right. Talk to you soon, buddy. Yep. Bye-bye. So, yeah, that's the Skip Bedell interview. I mean, I, I was over the moon. I was a little nervous, but that's because I'm on the clock, and I don't like being on the clock so much, but at the same time, it helps me with interviewing skills, even though... When I'm on the clock, how many times can I say I'm on the clock? I'm kind of rushed, and yeah. I, I don't get to have the conversation I want. But, I mean, he's a, you know, it's, 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 it's a testament to him and the type of person he is, as passionate as he is about, um, uh, you know, uh, building, contracting, uh, his history uh, in New York uh, since the 1700s, his That's family. That's really cool. Yeah. To be able to know that also about your history. His great-grandparents. And the thing about it would make Skip unique is he th- he has them in his mind. When he's building something, when he's hired for a job, he's thinking about how he honors his family's legacy. And traditions Yeah. And stuff. So that, that says I a lot about him. Lot. Yeah. And his wife, she's a part of the, the – uh, uh, you know, the, the, the trio, I guess uh, you could say, with Adam Carolla, uh, Allison Bedell and Skip Bedell, Allison being a private eye, and she hunts these guys down. So it's really exciting when you, when you, when you get that type of uh, formula, and it just works. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, that's yes, good. that's uh, Spike TV. Catch a contractor. Again, check your lo- local listings. Uh, Spike TV uh, uh, premieres uh, Sunday. Catch a contractor premieres this Sunday. So uh, we're going to be supporting Adam Carolla, Skip Bedell, and Allison Bedell uh, with Catch a Contractor Season 2. And coming up right now, with no further ado, (laughs) we're going to get my main man, Andrew Katz, on the phone. Andrew. How you doing? What's happening? Do you go by Andrew or Andy? Usually Andy. Andy? And I I sign everything Andrew, but... uh, 
Andy's good. Yeah, because I know I know. Last night I just called you cats. That's where I work. <laughs> I just called you cats. You know what I mean. So yeah, on the phone right now, uh, we have uh, Andrew, aka Andy, cats, and uh, yeah, hip hop, rap, um, anything you can think of. He he can draw it. He's got skills. I described you earlier as the uh, Leonardo da Vinci, very da Vinci esque in the way you capture. Uh, you know, the, 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 the human form, you know, you just, you just bring it and people are just in awe the way your art transcends, uh, especially in the rap community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, we're, I'm sitting in, uh, in front of Miriam Tazi. Hi. Uh, yes. Our co-host. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm you so guys are too to kind. To I'll tell you that. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know who you're talking about, but that sounds, uh, that's don't quite be an modest. <laughs> oh, you're really, really talented. I'm very impressed with your work. So, uh, so, so Andy and I, I got a chance to go to the uh, DJ oh, premiere. This is going to uh, kill me. <laughs> this is going to kill me right now. Versus Pete Rock at the famous Howard Theater in Washington, D.C. But Andy, you also went to an event prior to. What was that? Uh, so I, I kind of overcommitted myself. I got a little ambitious. <laughs> Forgot how old I'm getting to be. And I decided I was going to try to go to... Uh, Two shows in one night. Um, one started at eight o'clock on south in the southwest part of DC at this amazing venue called the Blind Wino. It's a uh, it's an event space. Uh, that's what they call it. It's uh, not just a, a concert spot, but it's also uh, an art gallery. They have uh, all kinds of sort of street art up at any given time, and um, it's a converted church. It's an old church that was sort of uh, run down and, and neglected. And it's they, gorgeous. They breathed uh, new life into it by um, painting the outside in these really beautiful colors and kind of going over the top with it and on the inside as well. Everything's sort of covered with graffiti and has this uh, really uh, cool vibe to the whole place. And cool. so I went there to see uh, Black Sheep and Brand Nubian oh. were performing. Oh, my God. Uh, and and it was great. There was, uh, I would say, there wasn't even that many people there, um, and I thought it would be packed. And it was, it was a nice crowd, and everybody was very cool there. <laughs> it was just a nice group of people, That's so cool. and they do this thing, uh, Sadat X from Brand Nubian, and uh, has, has got this uh, this wine thing going on where he he uh, and this other guy will tell have uh, they, um, they they sling wine, so they they have this. Uh, concert, and then they also sell wine and go around and talk to people and pour wine and get pictures taken. So it was a really unique yeah. event. Are you serious? I, uh, I didn't know anything about year. this. I wish I would. Yeah, the rap Dude. side of it was pretty great as well. Yeah. And then I had to I had to kind of leave at the right time and and get up to the northwest side to go see to go see uh, premiere and Pete Rock. Yeah, yeah. I wish so, I would have known about that. Yeah. You can check out Sadat uh, X and Will Tell on YouTube. Um, uh, just look up, uh, you can look up, uh, what is it, the Wine Connoisseurs, TWC, and they have... Uh, true true Wine Connoisseurs, yeah. I think they call themselves, okay. yeah. Yeah, and he, he reviews, uh, you know, different wines, some well-known wines at that. And they 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 drink them right out of the bottle. It's a it's a it's quite. They rhyme about the wines. They tell you what to pair it up with. Are you it's, it's pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. And they were there What's last the night. Shit? Uh, and yeah, I didn't have one business card on me. I what was thinking hell? about that afterwards, Andy. <laughs> well, 
I didn't have Damn. one card, <laughs> but we were caught up because uh, we. I met. This is my. This was my first time meeting Andy, and uh, I was in line at the Howard Theater. So he comes up, and I just scream out, "Cat's art!" You know what I mean? I was like, "Yo!" So he he, he he rolls up. He's got all this art with him. His backpack, shell top Adidas on. You know, representing. That's right. Both of us are rocking. Got to wear the uniform, you know. <laughs> Both of us yeah. are rocking the same gear. It was uh, that was actually a really cool way it all happened too. You uh, you spotted me because then from there we were able to sort of navigate all the different parts of the of the night from mm. getting in to getting the artwork that I had dropped off earlier. So I, I call them missions. When I go on these missions, I, I, I have to really plan it out. And uh, the, the the really amazing part is you know Malcolm helped me a lot, and uh, so did the guys that work at the Howard. They're just I've been going there for a while now, and they really take care of me. They really look out for me. They make sure I can get where I need to be and, and meet who I need to meet. And last night was no exception. They were, they were really, it really helped me out. It was great. Yeah, uh, at yeah. every turn. So. It, it it was it was. Uh, I'm glad you were there to witness all that too, because I, I mean, I, sometimes I tell the story and people are like, ah, they don't know you. They, they're not going to help you out. No, <laughs> so they, they they rolled out the red and, carpet. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I thought I was going to get stonewalled when we first got there, and yeah, then uh, he's right. This other guy walked over and said, "No, he's good. Let him in." No, he's right. He was, he, he was a little. Andy was a little <laughs> so, worried. He was so he, really. I mean, that, that makes it so much easier. Yeah, you were a little concerned at first because I remember you were you were prepping me. You're like, "Yeah, I might get stopped if this guy doesn't know me." So we're waiting in line in the, at the Howard Theater, and uh, yeah, as soon as we got up, the big bouncer guy goes, "You're going to have to check this or something." And another guy in a suit just comes over, and like, uh, he no, recognized. No. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, he was recognizing the skills nice. of Cat's uh, art," and was like, "No." <laughs> I think it was more like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. He's like you. They did the Jedi mind trick on the. It was amazing. It <laughs> was these just aren't the droids you're looking for, kind of thing. So it was I ended up, exactly uh, like that. Um, breathing a sigh of relief. It was cool getting in after that, and then I could relax once we were in and got the uh, artwork all squared away. And you know, I don't. I don't even know what I would have done without you being there because I had too much stuff last night. I was uh, just trying to. Just trying to hold all of it. it was a pain, so it was great having an extra set of hands. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was crazy because uh, yeah, you had you had quite a bit of art with you. You had a uh, a portrait of Pete Rock, and then he had a uh, another uh, board of uh, DJ Premier, and then you had a, a backpack on top of all the art that you had from the previous show. So uh, yeah, I got my paintings and I got my pens and I got. I mean, I, I kind of have it in mind ahead of time what I want them to sign it with. And um, with the previous show, I was able to meet uh, Lord Jamar and uh, Dot X and uh, even uh, Grand Poobah. And what I did was, before I went to the show, I kind of went through some of their songs and I just I picked out lyrics that I thought were really good and, and asked them to write them on the, on the pieces. And that's nice. kind of what I'm looking to do to set my work apart. I mean, there's a lot of portrait artists out there. There's a lot of people doing hip-hop stuff. And so when I can, I really like to get get them to write lyrics on there. And then I feel like there's a real connection between me and and the uh, hip hop artists because then they they've kind of invested a little bit of time. And and I, <laughs> in fact, last night after Premier signed it, he did this beautiful signature on the painting that I brought, and uh, and also on the skateboard that I brought. And I, I said something like, you know, we just collaborated on this piece. <laughs> so you know, it's like this. It's, it is kind of collaborative in my mind. But it's not really done until they've 
they've put their stamp of approval on it. Yeah, and using it's using their using their name. It's crazy because we were in we, we were watching the show and our minds are, are gone. We're like two little kids <sighs> just, you know, watching some of our so our heroes up there. And uh, yeah, it, the music was so good. But I, what I did was I kind of positioned myself up front and just held his artwork up. <laughs> it's almost saying, we're right here. Yeah. Right? Really that cool. was really cool. I mean, here, you know, I'm usually kind of, I'm emboldened when I have artwork with me. Yeah. But I still feel kind of, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be to uh out there with it so uh, let me do that yeah he's you comfortable that. doing that i really yeah, yeah. appreciate yeah, yeah. that you, that you just let me that, do that you know you said they both saw it while they were performing which is nice. so they kind of know what to expect when they come off stage yeah it, it was cool because that's how that's how i got backstage too because at first we couldn't find the people that knew andy so we were hanging very close to the stage near the backstage door. Mm. And, you know, that door opens up quite a bit. So we, we were like, we're going to stand right there. <laughs> Something's bound to happen, right? So Andy, you know, he, he, you know, he, he went, I think he went to the, the, the restroom, the bathroom for a second. Yep. And what I did was every time someone walked past the door, I would hold up a piece <laughs> of art. You know what I mean? I would hold it up. Finally, it caught the, the eye of the gentleman. I think you know him, uh, one of the guys that, that watches the door. Um, yeah, he, he looked at it. and He goes, "Whoa!" And he looks at the 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 picture of uh, of Pete Rock, and then he looks at the board, and he was like, "Just come back here, come back here." Yeah. And I was like, "My man, he's in the bathroom. When he comes through, <laughs> yeah. you know, be sure." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, be, no, I was like, "Well, no, be sure you let him in." Yeah, you know, and, and the dude at the door was like, "Nah, no problem." He goes, nice. You guys just just hang out here. So I'm waiting on Andy. Andy finally comes comes up and comes through, and then we're in. We're right there, you know. Side stage watching premiere and Pete Rock all night till three three yeah, thirty. Yeah, from the morning. side of the stage, like like right there. We, you know, and the funny part was we were pretty polite about it. We really could have walked on the stage because yeah. so many people <laughs> we were, were we did, walking really? right on the stage, kind of out of the view of the crowd, but kind of off to the side. Oh. And uh, you know, some people are really comfortable doing that. They just walk on and. You know, and then they leave, and then I'll go get a drink, and then I'll come back. <laughs> but I think it's just amazing when you're on the same level as the performers, and you can even look yeah. out at the crowd a little bit and see the see vibe them from and above. the feeling. It's yeah, Andy was a little bit more polite than than most because I did get on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were you were uh, you know you're my agent, man. You were yeah. out there holding all the stuff up. Oh so. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, you kept going, "Come on out here, come on out here," and I was yeah, like, "No, yeah. yeah. hang back," and then. I ended up standing next to uh, um, Jay Dilla's mom. She's always there. Ma Dukes, she's a semi-local. I think she um, has a place in Detroit and has a place in uh, in D.C. And, and so she's she's a true hip-hop head. I yeah. mean, she doesn't just go to Jay Dilla's sponsored shows. She goes to anything hip-hop. She, mm-hmm. she eats it up. So um, she was there. And what's been really nice is that when she's there, somebody lets the... Uh, the talent know and they always do like a shout out or they'll you know they'll say my dukes is in the house and mm. they pay kind of like a tribute to her and to jay dilla so there's always this sort of uh continuity between the, the hip-hop shows with um you know with honoring people that aren't there anymore and uh the you know even in the show last night they had a a bunch of shout outs at the end oh yeah they had the heavy d yeah. trouble t roy I mean, you name it. Respect. I mean, it just yeah, yeah. Love and respect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was awesome. We got the, uh, you know, we got the the bonus feature, 
when Brand Nubian came up in the house and rocked the mic. I mean, that was that. No one expected that. <laughs> it was that. crazy, yeah. Like they just they like it was. I thought, wow, you know, I kind of had to cut out of that show early down at the other place, and then they they showed up and did their performance That's again. Awesome. So it was great. They they walked in. They were kind of hanging out next to us for a little while. Oh yeah, at, uh, watching the show from the same yeah. vantage point. It's just pretty pretty crazy. It's it's pretty uh, <sighs> just the perspective that you get being being backstage and being kind of on the side there. You get to see things from a slightly different perspective than you would if you were in the crowd. And Andy, I was telling Andy, I was like, I, I was like, I mean, the art that he carries around when he comes to a show, that's your ticket. That's your mm-hmm. ticket. That I mean, he, he can get in anywhere with those. I think you, you recognize this, uh, but you're, yeah. you're very humble. And I, uh, I try and, to, I, I call it, I think I've telling you this a couple of times because I was trying to explain it to other people as well. That uh, I'm usually pretty reserved. I wouldn't. Yeah. I certainly don't push and shove, and I, I don't nope. jockey for position too much. I kind of hang back. But I, when I have artwork with me, I'm I'm emboldened, and I I look at it as my ticket for adventure. And yeah. So this this show uh, I was particularly uh, excited about because I had a lot of lead time. I knew they were going to be there. This has been on the schedule for a long time, and so I did the premiere painting this summer, and I did the skateboard as kind of an experiment and. Just to bring it with me was was so you know it was just really validating of all the time I spent this summer getting things together, and then doing the Pete Rock piece, I got even more experimental because I attached this little forty five record to it because it's sort of in this box frame, so it's a deep piece. It's sort of three dimensional, and um, that's been fun. To sort of put my money where my mouth is as far as not just doing what is comfortable, but really trying to to do new things. Um, you know, I love doing the watercolors. It's so straightforward for me. Uh, now the experiment with the skateboards and the, and the, uh, the record on the, the Pete Rock piece has been really exciting. And the, and the response has been great. And like you were saying, it's like a ticket, you know, people will stop and it, it automatically starts a uh, conversation that wouldn't have happened. Otherwise, you know, you, you walk by somebody, you don't usually talk to them. Uh, and then this is kind of an invitation it's not only a ticket for me to get where I need to be, but other people will will start conversations with me, and, and I love that. You know, it's like it's really so much a part of the fun, and um, and so much part of the experience of being at a live show for me. Like having all this stuff with me, I don't know what I would do if I just went to a show empty-handed. I would feel very strange at this point. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last night also about, and I opened the show today about, you know, the power of social media and the power of using, you know, your phone or your computer as a way to connect with so many people around the world. And and we hit on that subject last night about, you know, how cool it is that we're able to connect with some of the people that we've, we looked up to growing up and uh, where, you know, 20 years ago or even less than that, you know, we, we couldn't even connect with them. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, through Twitter uh, and Facebook and and other outlets, you know, you're able to you know, s- you know, speak with with these quote unquote celebrities of whether it's the rock world, rap world, hip hop, film, TV, whatever medium that you're talking about. But you're able to penetrate and actually connect. And then when you meet them, they're open arms. You know, they're they're yeah. they're very welcoming. They, you guys have a lot in common. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's very cool. It's, it's bizarre in a way, but it's, it's, it's so refreshing, refreshing to find that out. Yeah, yeah I agree that it's bizarre in a way too, because it, it is, you know, that whole the proverb like it, the, the, 
the earth really is flat, you know, like the world, the world is flat, the Thomas Friedman book about, yeah. you know, just the, how easy it is to communicate with people uh, at any spot in the world, in a, you know, in a fraction of a second. But what I love about this whole thing is that you have, um, I think everybody that I showed artwork to last night had already seen it. They knew I was coming. They knew uh, I was uh, I was excited about their show. So when I did meet them, uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, okay, I, I saw this. <laughs> I saw this online." Or uh, I, you know, I, I remember. And some of them have um, reached out ahead of time. Um, where they've either, you know, made, they've paved the way for me to meet them in person or they, they know to expect me. So it just makes it a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, there's even, even the way it starts for me is like, I'll get an alert on my phone, like so and so is coming to, uh, the area to put on a show. And it's like, for me, that's like a homework assignment. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like most deaths coming. All right. Well, I'll, I'll do a painting then, you know, and I'll, I'll make sure I'm there. Um, and so it, it's, there's a lot of waiting and, and anticipation on my end. So this weekend, it was funny that it all kind of came together at the same time. I had all these pieces of art. Usually it's one piece or two maybe, but it was like seven last night because I had, I did the three drawings of the Grand Nubian guys. I had the skateboard, the Pete Rock piece, and the DJ Premier painting. And then I also have this amazing poster that uh, a guy in England, uh, Mark Colmer, he, he um, runs the Medina Design, uh, I guess it's the company, Incorporated, I guess it's our limited, I don't know how they, they call it in, in England, but he does some really cool graphic design. And he, uh, based on the Chuck D, most of my heroes don't appear on a stamp uh, line uh, from Fight the Power, he uh, designed a poster that has all of his hip-hop heroes on stamps. So it looks like a book of stamps. That sounds awesome. And um, each one is, is sort of labeled, so you know who it is. And I've been sort of using that as a primer. So when I go to a show, if somebody's on that poster, I bring the poster along with me. That's such a great And uh, I think I heard a rumor he might be coming out with a second version of it because people were like, you know, how come Dougie Fresh isn't on it? And how come there's not more women on it? And, and this and that. So, uh it's, it's a pleasant problem because I think he's going to design another one and that'll be another primer for me to yeah. take things to the show. It, it looks awesome. It is as awesome as it sounds. It is that awesome. He's got, you know, the, the, the full sheet and the signatures and, and the way it's signed. It's so beautiful. So we well, had it's funny because, uh, he left, a, it's, he left a lot of white space as yeah. a border, a very big white yeah. space. And uh, I think the very first signature I got was right around when I first got on Twitter, and I posted it, and he saw it, and he's like, "Dude, that, that's exactly what I was hoping people would do with it. That's great." You know, he was hoping people would would get autographs on it, and he had one, his like master one that he had gotten signed. Uh, I think he had like eight to ten signatures on it of a lot of the people he caught in England. And uh, somebody swiped it at one of the shows, oh. uh, so he doesn't have his anymore. So every time I get a new one, I make sure he sees it because I want him to know that the the game is still happening. And mm. you know, a, a victory for me is a victory for him because I always I always uh, talk about his poster, and it's just uh, I agree, it's beautiful. It's just such a cool idea. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I wish I had thought of this. It's such a good idea. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's awesome. I, I love it. It's awesome and. To be there, 
you know, when it was signed. I know there was one point where we got we got the board signed, we got Pete Rock signed, and we were leaving. And Andy yeah. looks Andy looks at me. That's he goes, right. "Oh, I forgot to get you know to get the stamp signed." And uh, he goes, "Do you think?" Do you think they would do it? And he goes, and Andy second guessed himself. He was like, you know, we, he he turned away and started walking, and and he gave it to me. He goes, would you do it? Because I guess you were you didn't want to go and you know overstay your welcome and ask exactly. him for a third. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be greedy. I didn't. I, usually, I didn't waste any time. Language when I <laughs> ask for something a second time or yeah. a second thing, I'm like, if yeah. I can be greedy, hey, and they're they're almost always like fine with it. But I still think you know. One is usually enough, and, and they're being pulled in all different directions. So we had to do so the walk back. it was really back. cool. You, you sort of stepped up. Yeah, we had to do the walk back. So I, I, I took it, and I just, I just went back, jumped back up on stage. We just <laughs> went through the people, and I just held it up. And Premier came over, and, uh, yeah, he signed it. Yeah, I mean, just really, really, very, very cool. Very, Aww. very cool uh, the way he handles himself and the way he treats his fans. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I agree. He was very kind of humble and very accommodating and gracious about it. He was, you know, kind of like, no problem, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And, and I, I imagine he was tired. I think one thing we didn't mention is that was a long show. It was, I mean, it, it was, it was almost it three hours. Late, and I thought, well, it started late, but there's probably, you know, sound ordinances. You have to be quiet by a certain hour. No. So I think they started at like 12.20. And went to 3.20. And it, and it ended at 3. Yeah. It I mean, that's, that's a long show for of, anybody, I think. Of the best not, music, though. Yeah, but that's not the to thing. mention that it was so late at night or early in the morning, depending on how you look at it. Andy, tell them, the best music. <laughs> the yeah. best slow jams to 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 James Brown, Public Enemy, KRS, uh, you yeah, name it. Yeah, Donny Hathaway. That. Actually, you know what I liked is at the beginning, we started off the whole show with this voice track of James Brown introducing himself. I got that it on video. Cool. I thought that was really a, a nice touch. It was like James Brown was like channeled through their through their computers or with, through their equipment. It was, it was, it was pretty wild. It was like he was there. It was insane. So I, it, it it took me back to my great. childhood. It it definitely did. I'm I'm glad I I broke uh, you know my my habit of turning in early. <laughs> I like the old man that I am, and I, I, yeah. I I'm more than I happy you. that I uh, I was able to spend that that moment with you. And to uh, get backstage with them because that was uh, that was one for the books, and I look forward to uh, the Rock Him Slick Rick. I think I'm going to bring my son to that one. That's an eight o'clock show, so I'm, I'm I'm really thinking about introducing him, you know, to a live show, and I think it'd be a good time because he'll be 13 by then. Uh, that sounds good. And those guys, I mean, I I was able to meet um, Rock Him uh, a couple of times at this point. Once in uh, a real small show in Baltimore. Uh, and then when he played the Howard with Flick Rick back, I think it was in February. Uh, so they're, I guess they're coming around again next February. Yep. And uh, they were. I mean, I, I, he ended up uh, taking one of the one of the drawings I did because I brought brought two. Um, one was for myself that he had signed, and then when he signed it, he asked if, you know if I'd make one for him, and I did. And I bought it, both of them so he could choose which one he wanted. And they were different. One was a watercolor, and one was a charcoal, and the charcoal one is one of my favorites. Like I, I think I nailed it. I was really excited about how it turned out. And he saw it and he just sort of pointed to it. He's like that one, and uh, I'm friends with his daughter on Instagram, and she told me that he has it in his studio. I think I, I was telling you that story the last time uh, yeah. I, I was on your show, and he, 
you know, when I heard that, I, I, I thought that was like making the big leagues. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, cool. You, that my work's in his studio. But, wow. Your work is something to marvel. I mean, it's it's just, you know, I, I know you're a humble guy, but I mean, what, you know, it, it stops people dead in their tracks. And, you know, it did, it stopped me when I, you know, stumbled on you on Twitter. I was like, whoa. And to see it, Miriam, to see it out in public, the way people just stop. I held that board up right there on side stage and premiere. He, he did a take and he just winked up. He winked at me and gave me the thumbs Hell up. Yeah. He was like, you know, they, they just stop right what they're doing. You know, granted he was rocking the crowd, <laughs> but he, 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 he took more than a couple few looks on both the Pete rock and the, the, the premiere board. So, I mean, that's, that's you great. know, you keep doing what you're doing. What's yeah. uh, what do you have coming up uh, next? You're taking a break right now, or do you have something else? Well, you're yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I, I, I got to get painting again for sure, but um, my next uh, my next endeavor where I that I would consider it a mission. I uh, I've had this um, this idea that I was saying I, I like lyrics a lot, so um, big Tribe fan. I love Tribe Called Quest. I'm just listening to it in my car. <laughs> I have um, the the original catalyst for this whole thing was when I, I did a painting of Rod Carew, the baseball player. Yeah, and I got it signed by both Mike D. And Rod Carew. And as soon as I did that, I thought, well, and the story behind that is that the Beastie Boys uh, called out Rod Carew and the song Sure Shot. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I got Rod Carew to write the lyrics uh, on the painting? And, I, and, you know, you just have to convince the person to do it. I and mean, he was totally cool about it and signed the lyrics. And I thought, man, this feels right. I'm totally on to something here. Uh, I, I, it crosses over. The two things that I love, I love sports, I love hip-hop, and I love art. So it's really three things. <clears throat> and um, so I have this piece that I did this summer, and it didn't work. The mission, like, didn't work. I uh, I, I, drew, I painted Lou Brock from the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> it's a famous base stealer uh, for the Cardinals uh, <laughs> uh, in the 70s. And um, in the song uh, Check the Rhyme, which is one of my all-time favorite hip-hop songs, uh, there's a line where uh, it says, if, if knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. I got the scrawny legs, but I move just like Lou Brock. <laughs> and so my plan is to get Lou Brock to write, yeah. if knowledge is the key, and then he'll sign Lou Brock, and then go find Q-Tip somewhere and get him to write, I got the scrawny legs. But I move just like Lou Brock, yeah. and then he'll sign Q Tip. And if I can do that, then <laughs> yeah. that will be uh, that's huge clever because to me, that's like all of these things sort of coming together on one thing. It's one of the things that I love. I love connecting dots, and uh, I think you're on to yeah. something that's uh, that's brilliant, actually, because you know it, it just it, it shows you know what the depth of the lyrics, and you're able to find those people, and you know they're just as big of, big of a fan as you are. So it's, it, it, I think it's yeah, going to work I, out I well. Just, uh, I think there's something really great when any any hip-hop artist wraps in pop culture references into their songs. And um, for some reason, those always stick with me the most. Yeah. I think they stick with a lot of people the most. You hear something that, like I just posted, a, I did an ad rock painting a while back, and what I'll do occasionally is I'll, on Twitter I will throw out a lyric with the painting. And so I threw out this one lyric from, um, oh God, I guess it's from Three the Hard Way. And he says, Ganip, Ganap, I got 
uh, shit the pop. <laughs> and so, uh, but I, I don't know if, if you remember this. When I was a kid, there was a game called Knipkinop, and it was this kind of this toy that, you know, where you batted the balls back and forth. And yeah. um, sure enough, like, that, that's what he's talking about. And if you go to, like, that's one thing I love about Rap Genius is that there's a, I guess it's just called Genius now, but you go to there and it'll have pictures of all these pop culture references. Uh, even like Mike D saying guaranteed like Yoohoo. If you ever look at a bottle of Yoohoo, I think it says guaranteed on there, guaranteed fresh, or something like that. So they're, they're picking up all these little things from old commercials and old toys and they're using them in their lyrics. And, and those are the ones I think that people remember from being a kid. And then of course, once the lyrics get older, then you really talk about a couple different generations being connected. Yeah, no, it, it's it's smart. It's a. Uh, I remember the game also. I, I I just googled it to look at the picture, and uh, I do remember this uh, this game you're referencing. But it's. A, I think it. Like I said, you're on to something. Don't stop. I mean, you know, even if you do a do one to the rapping Duke, da ha da ha. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you, exactly. You know what I mean? Track down. Yeah, you hear that, and I mean. The rapper themselves, they're, they're reminiscing, do they're a, going back. Do a picture of Sean Brown. Song. And, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, for some reason, those are the, they're, they're, they're visuals. They're sort of yeah. painting with lyrics. They're painting in your brain. And I'm just trying to take it one step further and yeah. making a painting and so they can put the lyrics down on, on paper. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Andy, I appreciate your time. Where can, uh, give us a you know location where people can find you again? Twitter, website, well, I, stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I mean... Twitter on AJ Katz Art, uh, so it's AJ K A T Z A R T, and um, I got my uh, my website and my mobile site up and running. So it's just katzart.com, K A T Z A R T dot com, and uh, I'm also on Facebook. That's so Andrew Katz, or there's also a Katzart Facebook page, and now I'm, I'm also on Instagram. So it's just like one thing after the other is also connected. But that's the fun part about the day after or later that day in our case. Um, it's like I, I, I mentally just, I do this data dump. I just start posting pictures and thanking everybody. And it's just like I get a chance to relive the whole thing. So whenever I go to a show, even if you're not there with me, <laughs> it's just like uh, hopefully it feels like you were because you get to see all of the, all the art and um, oh, yeah. kind of hear the stories and, I plan on being on the, at the next show with you. So it's like it becomes sort of a group thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Count on me being at the next show with you, by the way. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's what's up. Well, that's up. cool. I, I'm hoping to meet I, I, so, uh, I'm hoping to meet Lou Brock. He's going to be at a baseball autograph signing in a couple of weeks in uh, northern Virginia. I'm going to go to that and, uh, and see if I can get that ball rolling. Because the painting is done, I just got to convince him to write uh, some of Q-Tip's lyrics on there. And then when and if I get to meet Q-Tip, I'll have uh, Lou Brock's right. uh, <laughs> approval, and then I'll get his, and I'll have something one of a kind. Yep, it'll it's all really come together. Special, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it is special. It is more than special. And, uh, yeah, definitely uh, thank you for you know giving me the opportunity to hang out uh, with oh, you. Are you kidding, man? It was great. I'm so glad, I'm so glad we connected. And, and if you think about how kind of how random it was that I walked up and you, you know, they were just shifting the line around. It worked out pretty well, like the timing yeah, and everything. It was so, awesome. No, you don't need to thank me. It was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I, you know, we'll have to get a better night's sleep uh, tonight because that was too late for me to stay up. But, 
it was it went really well. It was just a great time. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice that the old timers got to get out and uh, experience <laughs> right. the nightlife. That's so right. it, was, it was fun. Andy, thanks for thanks for joining us. I know you got to run. Yeah, of course, and, anytime. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll look for you at the next show and let me know which ones you want to go to, and we'll we'll make it happen. All right, I look forward to it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Andy Katz in the house. You know what I mean. And that's that's what it's about, connecting the dots, connecting yeah. with each other and uh, making it happen. Just like with, uh, with Skip Bedell from Catch a Contractor to Andy Katz, you know, he's a artist extraordinaire. I mean, I don't even know what title I'm going to give him yet. You know, <laughs> I've been th- trying to come up with a name, but like I said, uh, the man has talent. He is, he is, is fueled by a lifelong of passion in, in both sports and, and, and rap music yeah, and hip hop. Yeah, mm-hmm. it shines through. But he mm-hmm. he loves rap music. I mean I, you could you could just see it in his eyes the way he's watching. He didn't even want to move. I kept saying, Come on up, you know, I, I busted right through. Like I said, <laughs> this piece of art was a ticket and I was holding it. Just holding <laughs> it up so they could see it. I'm right over here. You know what I mean? I am right here. You know, and once they saw it, I knew, boom, yeah. we're going through. Yeah. We got we got ushered through, you know, so the people that knew him was they everybody was cool. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, we, you know, it's a lot of love. I mean, you know, the, yeah, the, the, like the, it. a lot of the the uh, hip hop pioneers and not just the pioneers, but a lot of, there are there's a, a, a large uh, part of the culture. They do it for the love. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not doing it for the Lambos. They're not doing it for the big videos and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they're out there performing because they love it. And this is why their music still holds up 20-something years after the fact. You know what I mean? So that says a lot. And that's the same thing with Skip. When I, when I was doing the interview with Skip, you, you can hear the passion in his voice. You can see the passion on television. You can see that he actually cares as much as Adam Carolla complains about the production of the show, he he cares. He cares about his product. He cares about the people he, he surrounds himself they with. All work hard. These guys, yes, right. These these guys and girls are out there, you know, putting it on the line, and they care about everything that they're doing. I mean, the the, the whole ensemble, the whole body, the complete body of work doesn't have to go on to television. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to, you know, be featured on a podcast or a late night show or in movie form. You know, this is just happens to be, you know, their, their medium. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. Whatever he, if he goes out and makes a doghouse, he's going to, you know, put over, you know, his hundred percent into it because it means something. And that's what Skip was saying. He, it means something. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't, only have to hold himself accountable, but he has to look at what his father taught him, what his grandfather, what his great-grandfather taught him, what was passed down to him. And it's the same thing in hip-hop. It's the exact same thing. You have to, you have to, you have to know your history, right? Yeah, I was Don't just you? thinking that, yeah. I mean, doesn't, it has to count. Don't forget your history. It has to count, <laughs> count for something. I mean, we were watching, I was watching something with someone I was working with. We were watching some YouTube clips of some people fighting and some stuff i don't know where it was and i was like hey, what do you think brother malcolm x would think about this what do you think martin luther king would think? this ain't part of the dream yeah. this ain't this ain't where it's supposed to be at you know but this is how people think of you so i mean you you have to be mindful it doesn't matter what color what race uh, um, uh, what religion you come from we were talking about that last night with andrew katz 
Andy, I told Andy, I was like, just think, man. I mean, we're able to connect and sit down and be at this place at this time together because of we met each other on Twitter, right? I was like, imagine what's going on all over the world right now, all the chaos and all the killings that's going on. If people were just to open their eyes and realize that we're all connected on this earth and, and we have more in common than we don't. And we were clouded by so much hate and so much just venom and, and, and destruction and mm. greed that, uh, you know, that clouds our judgment. And, you know, what are you going to do? That's sad, but yeah, it's true. It is sad. But we're here to promote what's good and what's yeah. what's what's right in the world. And one of them uh, is... Last uh, night. <laughs> yeah, one of them is definitely uh, the event we did. And uh, the, uh, at, you know, Andy Katz and his work and his the inspiration that he's creating, you know, he doesn't even... Re- I, I think he realizes it, but he's so humble. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he's such a good guy um, that he it, it's... I'm not going to say it's difficult, but it's, it's probably challenging for him to accept the accolades mm. that he gets. You know what I mean? He, he's, he's very talented and he's inspiring people and, and people are feeding off that positive energy. And the same thing with Skip and Adam and Allison on the uh, Catch a Contractor show. I mean, they're going out. They're going out in some of the, the worst neighborhoods outside in Los Angeles and they're helping people that are putting all their money, their life savings on the line and setting it right. You know, yeah, don't get it twisted. It is TV. It is entertainment. But at the same time, this is unscripted stuff, what they're doing on, on Catch a Contractor. And, and uh, you know, for what it's worth, uh, you know, they're doing good and they're helping people. Right. And I think, uh, I think that uh, what, uh, what, they, uh, what they stand for is just and true. Can't go wrong with that, right? So big ups to uh, Skip Bedell. Uh, Allison Bedell and Adam Carolla uh, for this season's uh, Spike TV's new hit, Catch a Contractor, premiering Sunday. So definitely check your listings. List listings, right? <laughs> check it. I was on a roll. I was excited for a second. So every now and again, the world has to pull me back in and let me know who I am, people. But that's all right, because you guys know you, you you know love it or leave it. That's who I am. I'm Malcolm. You know. And uh, with that, I'll just say domino, motherfucker. If you don't know me by now, I doubt you'll ever know me. I never won a Grammy. I won't win a pony. But I'm not the only MC keeping it real. When I grab the mic and smash a rapper, girls go ill. Check the time as I rhyme. It's 1995, whatever I arrive. The party gets live. Flow with the master rhymer. That's a leap behind a video rapper. You know the chalk rhymer. Tapper. Down goes another rapper. On to another matter. Punch up the data. Blast master. Supreme over nearly everybody Call a KRS guaranteed to rip a party Black top braids, four heads or Nazi dread There once was a story about a man named Jed But now Jed is dead, all his kids instead Wanna kick crumbs up the top of their head Word, we'll go around, come around, I figure Now we got white kids calling themselves niggas The tables turn as the crosses burn Remember you must learn I'm about the styles, I'm flipping how wild I get I go on like a space
Use it, see it, or get ill. If you see, then you saw. I mean, you're growing mad skill. MCs can only battle with rhymes. They got punchlines. Let's battle and see who headlines. Instead of flow for flow, let's go show for show. Toe for toe, yo, you better act like you know. Too many MCs take that word MC lightly. They can't move a crowd, not even slightly. It might be the fact that they express whackness. Let me show you whose ass is the blackest. I flip a strip a little bit, you about to dip and shit. Too sick to get with it and make you pick your silence counterfeit. Now tone it down a bit. My title, you will never get, I'm too intelligent. I send your family my sentiments. My style is toxic. When I rock it, shock it, hip hop it, unlock your head, I knock it. It's split quick from the lyric. Direct hit, perfect fit, you can't get with it. See? 